0: We're off to Washington, D.C., to Michael Graham. Michael, welcome to the program.
1: Happy to be here, and I want to confirm that I have not been recruiting anyone to join ISIS, (laughs) Irish, or otherwise, but I still want to stay in Ireland as much as possible.
0: You're always welcome over here, Michael, but how do you feel about us deporting the guy back to Jordan?
1: I I think that anyone who comes to Europe and wants to do anything they want should be allowed to stay because they're there. And I think that's why people love the EU and why Britain (laughs) is doing what it did. The idea that you would judge somebody based on their behavior. So what if they recruit a few people to blow a few people up, George? Who are you to judge? You obnoxious, xenophobic, racist, you. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: I think that is the problem, though, that um, we are so caught up on this now that you're not allowed anymore actually object to it, because if you do, they all chunk out the or word or whatever, or more importantly, they chunk out the Trump word. No matter what you do now, (laughs) you're Trump. But far more importantly... um, We are deeply worried about more guns in America, but more importantly, uh, the guns used by your policemen, even though seven brave men are dead
1: and six uh, hurt. Uh, it's terrible. Well, the the guns used by the policemen obviously aren't the problem because guns in and of themselves aren't a problem. They're just a tool. It's the uh, people who wield them are the problem. And uh, this uh, horrific assassination, that's what it was, an assassination of police officers by a guy who said, I want to kill police. I want to kill white police. I'm angry at the way policing is done in the United States. And so this was a pure political assassination I'll, I mean you, similar to the uh, the horrific story in South Carolina where the wannabe Klanmen went to the black church. it's it's horrifying and it brings together a lot of difficult trends. And what frustrates me, obviously the horror of the lost lives, whether the lives are lost are the Air Force veteran in Atlanta, Georgia, eighteen months ago who was not just unarmed but naked when he was shot and killed by a police officer. Uh, or whether it's the, uh, the, the story of this, the assassinations, is I don't understand why it's so hard to hold two ideas in your head at the same time. No. Idea number one, let me finish. Idea number one being there is a problem with policing in the United States when it comes to black people, no doubt about it. It is harder to be black in America than it is to be white. You are disproportionately likely to be pulled over, confronted with violence, have violence used upon you if you're black, than white. That is true, but it is also true That a small group of Americans, black males between 15 and 30, even though they make up about 5% of the population, commit about 50% of the murders. That's also true. And you don't have to abandon the truth of either side to move forward on this problem. Okay, but I accept all
0: that, right? Because I, I I I ran rugby camps in in the black areas of Houston and Pittsburgh and, and and places. And I know. But so I'm not speaking like from 5,000 miles distance. I I was there. I worked with those black kids. I saw it. But here's the question. Why are American police officers trigger happy,
1: which I think you will agree they are. I don't agree that they are as a group and this is what, once again, is so frustrating. Uh, What were the cops doing last night when these shots rang out? They were guarding people holding a I'm angry with the police protest. It was a Black Lives Matter. We're angry at how the policing is going on. And there are photos, selfies taken by the cops and by some of the people in the crowd before the shooting began showing the cops, yeah, we're right here. There are plenty of police officers who see a problem. There are plenty of police officers who use deference, they're in situations where it could get out of hand and they hold back their pride and let some angry, frustrated teenager do what stupid, angry, frustrated te- teenagers of all races, creeds and colors do. That happens most of all the right. Time. But, Michael, hold on, how many times have
0: you been pulled over by a cop in America?
1: Uh, many, but I've never had an incident with a cop, no matter how much of a. Joke well, I've,
0: I've been pulled over a lot of times, it be, be, you know, because. Well, when, me too.
1: I'm I'm a lead foot. I I get pulled over. It's yeah. not the same. But I same.
0: have never had a reasonable experience with an American cop. I mean, when you're sitting there and this guy comes up, it, first of all he adjusts his sunglasses, then he adjusts his his twin pearl handled Colt forty fives <laughs> on his hip, and they roll you roll down and way and he says, put your hands on the steering wheel and, you know, you attempt to make a reasonable conversation with this guy and there is no reasonable conversation with this guy and you're terrified. I am terrified. I was terrified every single time they pulled me over.
1: Sure. And and, uh, listen, I understand. I I mean, you're terrified because you're half a girl, so that's a separate issue. But look, I, I agree that it's embarrassing that all American citizens, particularly men, feel the need to do what I do whenever I'm pulled, which is place your hands on the steering wheel. Don't move until the officer makes a specific request. When I reach for my glove box where, my, where I keep my wallet, I feel the need to say I'm reaching for my glove box. I agree. Yeah. That's all. It is ridiculous because of a strategy of policing that is in place, a strategy of policing that can be fixed. Having said that, George – just within the last 24 hours, there was a police officer killed when he pulled somebody over and the guy you know, whips out a gun. And, and yeah. I mean, Stop. I understand that. And when
0: I read about the guy and he was putting his hand in his pocket, right. uh, apparently to look for, pull out his license or whatever. Right. Now, I mean, I would just like you. I never put my hand in my pocket, I never put my hand in my glove compartment. I clutched the steering wheel like a drowning man <laughs> lest that copper think sure. that I I was going to do
1: anything. But it was scary. It was always scary. I, um, I understand that. And so what this is what I want my fellow uh, you know, conservative uh, fundamentally law, you know, a rule of law people to gather around. We are the ones who need to lead the fight for police reform because on the other side you have people who are screaming, you know, uh, fry the pigs in bacon, fry them like bacon, you know, shoot the cops. you got these people who want police to have very, you know, ridiculously limited, uh, you know, uh, behavior. They want to, to rein them in from being able to do their basic job. But something's going to have to change. It's going to change. And the effort's going to either be led by people who hate cops or led by people like me, get that it's a tough job, but also understand that these are government employees. Fundamentally, a police officer is basically an armed EPA worker. There's no reason to expect them to be any better or any worse at their job than anyone else who works for the government.
0: Oh, I, it, a listener says there's a phrase amongst American cops. It's better to be tried by 12 than carried by six. You're, you're un- right.
1: And the problem in the United States, though, is how rarely police officers get tried. That's another problem that we have is that police officers uh, you know, are involved in an, in, in an incident. They use lethal violence. It's hard to figure out how they did it, okay. but then prosecutors won't bring the case. Or the way the laws are written in the United States are so... Uh, bias towards the police officer. For example, George, in some states, you don't have to show that you had a reasonable fear that someone's going to hurt you. You just have to show that you're afraid. So if you're a cop and you say, I'm scared of whatever, you know, bubble gum and a kid with a finger that's under the law, the jury has yeah. to let you go, and those are the reforms that the good guys can lead, but right now, they're too busy screaming, you black people commit too much crime, you know, leave the cops alone, the cops are always right, and... okay, uh, that's not Well, happen.
0: I remember, I was driving back from the, the uh, Coast Guard Academy in Connecticut, back to my home in Providence, Rhode Island, as it then was, and this guy tries to pass me out, and I get uh, teed <laughs> off at him, so for the next couple of miles, at about 80 miles an hour, he and I are sort of jousting up the highway, because it's about 11 o'clock at night, and then of course the old blue and white arrives, and he hauls the two of us over, right? Right. Now, we've both been doing 80 miles an hour. We both have been driving dangerously. He looks at me and he sees I'm white. He looks at the guy in the other car and sees he's black. So he says to me, uh, Okay, be more careful in future. Off I drive. And as I look at my mirror, he's reaming a new external orifice for the black guy in the car. So, I mean, that is how
1: American policing works. You're wrong. That is how some American policing works. And saying all cops are bad is just as stupid is saying no cops. No, all so cops, cops are cops racist. Them. But no, they're not all. It's idiotic. First of all, a significant percentage of American officers are black. No, they're Hispanic. not. It's a but small percentage. So, so look, look, you don't know what you're talking about, but I will say there's a bigger issue here. I was never pulled that over by a black people. cop, ever. That I was is, pulled over by sure. guys in Boy Scout hats in, in Vermont Dallas, or... The police chief in Dallas is black. Uh, <laughs> okay. Where this happened, the police chief is back. But, George, we have a bigger problem. We have another problem in America. And that is people f- believe now that the law just doesn't work and, you, and you, you will never get justice from the justice system. And if you want to know why, listen to this audio of the head of the FBI explaining why he didn't indict Hillary Clinton for breaking the law when it okay, comes we'll to classified stuff. We lost him. We
0: lost your audio. Sorry. I lost my audio
1: anyway. The the point is that the FBI director affirms again and again and again, Hillary Clinton lied about what she did with the emails. She absolutely exposed email. It's absolutely true that uh, the uh, foreign governments have it. She absolutely had an illegal server. It absolutely happened. But I'm not. Indicting her uh, yeah, but look, you're, you're right.
0: President Trump, go, 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 <laughs> President Trump, and re-elected eight years more. Uh, thanks, Mick. You'll have to apologize in November when President Trump is make at the inauguration I in I will D. never C. vote
1: for him, and I will never apologize to him. But yes, Ireland, I will apologize for him.
0: <laughs> Take care,
1: Michael Graham in Washington, D.C., every, every week at this time.